still as old as time. True as it can be. Not a fucking issue. Barely even friends. Then somebody bends unexpectedly. You're fucking a white male. Just a little challenge. Small to say the least. Both a little scared. Neither one prepared. Beauty and the beta. We will make America great again. Never just the same. <laughs> oh man, it's already messed up. <laughs> we are live. Welcome to the inaugural broadcast. <laughs> Of beauty and the beta, but I had your screen drawn in all nice, and now it's a little bit off. But I think I know why, so hold on one second. There you go. Bump you back down. Now we're perfect. So we're live. Uh, welcome to the inaugural broadcast. This is Beauty and the Beta, your favorite new podcast featuring uh, my lovely co-host, Rebecca Bond. Welcome. Hello. Nice to have you. And of course, my name is Matt. I am Skag3, whatever you want to call me, the beta. Uh, this is our new project after last week. We had a lot of fun discussing, and it seemed uh, pretty well received. So we're going to go ahead and make it a regular thing. And so you can expect these two and future guests, and who knows who might show up, talking politics, talking social justice, talking pop culture, talking whatever else. But um, one thing I wanted to highlight was we didn't know what to name the show. So I solicited some suggestions, and it was actually on my last video, Wordy the Bird suggested Beauty and the Cuck, and Jamal, <laughs> Jamal Muner modified that to be Beauty and the Beast. And so I've taken that, I wanted to run with it, make some bits out of it, we can have the whole music, we can have a nice like starry night. The way What I envisioned about these graphics is we're standing on our castle, right, and we're looking out at the starry <laughs> night, and we're wondering what has happened with our generation, because uh, you and I are bonded by, uh, if nothing else, shame for being millennials, I would yep. say. But anyway... <laughs> That's that's my intro to the show. That's my pitch. Uh, we're happy to be here. The, the other logistical things. So this is going to be live Sunday nights on YouTube as you all are here watching it right now. It's also going to be available audio on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean right now. Those are linked in the description. Uh, and I'm working with iTunes. Apple has to review it. It'll be on iTunes. You'll get it on your phone, your iPod. iPods aren't really a thing anymore, but whatever. <laughs> You'll get it in the audio places you want to you find it. And if there isn't, if there's an audio source where it isn't, you can get in touch with me, and I'll make it happen. But anyway, on to the show. Uh, do you, uh, did you have a good weekend? Any any personal stories you'd like to share before we dive into it? This weekend, let's see. I saw 11 transgender people this weekend. That's... I don't think I've seen 11 transgender people... <laughs> um, in my lifetime, <laughs> does, yeah, does the internet the count? Does the, the internet, internet count? I mean, so, in real life, in right. real life. Although I don't know, maybe they were just cross-dressing. I don't know. Yeah, because you well plus had some hormone therapy, right? Am I am I wrong about this? Ooh, I would not be the person to ask. <laughs> does anyone um, know? Because in the comments, the difference yeah. between a transvestite and a transsexual. And, I think and thanks. And thanks to the live viewers as well. We are uh, watching your chat, so 
Shout out to Will, Stacy, Dante, Knotts, Prez, Jared, all the people hanging out. We love to have you. But so you saw eleven uh, trans people. Was this at some type of event, or was there? <laughs> no, although it is Trans Arts Month in Seattle. I took a picture of a sign. I don't really know what that means or like where they display their artwork or what kind of artwork it is, but Trans Art Month in Seattle. Take note. Trans uh, Art Month. around okay. town. They're kind of everywhere around here. Ah. Well, I, uh, that's interesting because they are not everywhere around here. And, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people think Montana is like some redneck place um, where, you know, we we have a, a, a ban on transgender people or something like that. Um, but actually, no, I mean, it's pretty, um, politically, it's pretty purple, trending blue, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, I, I guess it's not really a thing here, but I, I mean, of course it's a thing here before I, anyway, we'll start off the show with some wonderfully <laughs> ignorant statements. I, I feel like the, um, Ahmadinejad of, of Montana now. Remember when Ahmadinejad said there's no gay people in Iran? Yeah. 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 Like, so hmm. there are no trans people in Montana. Definitely not. You heard it not. here. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I just I spent all weekend doing like home improvement crap and trying oh, to yeah? catch up on spring cleaning and always trying to cultivate the perfect lawn. You know what I mean? You got to have that perfect lawn. You can't have uh, those dead patches and you can't have those dog pee spots and stuff. So yeah, you don't want your neighbors to judge you. <laughs> well, I I judge their lawns, so you know, <laughs> I'll admit that. Uh, the other thing we were talking on Twitter. I'm gonna someone was uh, my friend Clay was getting at me on Twitter. And I will mention it since he told me to mention it on the slow, on the show. But of course, I did a Saturday Costco trip yesterday. And do you do you frequent Costco? Are you a Costco shopper? Uh, not period, or you know, not too often, but periodically. Okay. Well, when you enter Costco, it is as though you enter a time warp because time <laughs> moves so slowly in Costco. You have both gigantic people and gigantic carts, and they move <laughs> at a pace that is just insufferably slow so i was tweeting out like what the hell is the deal with costco why does time move at half speed here i don't know there's my rant. i'm not gonna go off on this stupid costco rant but <laughs> people like with what modest influence we have just if move at normal human pace and if you can't the aisles are really wide to accommodate all yeah, the giant stuff the that's side. in costco they form a blockade that's the thing is they <laughs> they walk these groups of people if you're going to be in a big group of slow walking people go in a, go in a lane right this is just like car traffic go in a lane it's the same thing like the the highway right outside my house here that goes into town it's a two lane both ways but you'll have someone in the fast lane driving the exact same speed as someone in the oh, slow yeah. lane, just blocking. Don't be a yeah. blocker, people. Do Don't people block are at Costco. Or they just lack self awareness. Yeah. So, anyway, um, now that our irrelevant weekend experiences are out of the way, we do have some uh, pertinent political issues to discuss, I suppose, if you can do call we? it that. <laughs> yeah, I think the two things that that I want to get through on the show today are this wonderful Donald Trump hit piece that you shared with me. And uh, I want to talk about the, the Facebook quote unquote censorship. I'm going to call it censorship, even though it's not the right word, but Facebook filtering what views are going to be in the trending uh, section on Facebook or not. So okay. I'll give you the call on which one of those you want to discuss first. doesn't Let's matter. Let's talk about the, the Trump piece that I just pulled up here. It's okay. hilarious. If you guys haven't read it, it's, it's worth a read. I'm going to definitely stick that one in the chat. (laughs) 
If you guys want to see this uh, Trump hit piece, it's in the chat there. Do links? Yeah, links work in the chat. Cool. Um, so I've gone ahead and read through it. Do you want to? Do you want to give your description of it? Well, it's. I, I don't know. Initially, I was like, this is a hit piece, but none of this is very incriminating. It's just a bunch of people talking about how Donald Trump is kind of sexist, which is news to nobody, even people that love him like me. It's like, oh, he loves beautiful women, and he's hit on women his whole life. What a fucking surprise. The, the guy that owned the pageant. Yeah, right? yeah, really. There's a whole section in there that's like a fixation on the body. And like, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, yeah. This, I, this, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, I don't think it's wrong for a person to be like, mm, this isn't this isn't the attitude towards women that I would like to promote. But it shouldn't shock you. It, this shouldn't be damning information. Yeah. This should be pretty commonly understood. Yeah, that's that's totally true. And then there's uh, one chick who's like, he asked me to get into a swimming suit when I was a 26-year-old model. But in the article, you then discover that she was like, miss some state or something it was a pageant it's like yeah you're in a pageant and he asked you to put a swimming suit on that's like the least <laughs> that's not sexual harassment at all none of this offended me at all I, I was reading it and i'm like eh. and then you're right they do kind of slip in a rape accusation <laughs> yeah it's really here. yeah so that was what was interesting to me is it like it, the whole this article's long if you guys want to it took me probably i don't know 30 minutes to get through it yeah but i was yeah. trying to take notes along the way and stuff so anyway you're gonna go through all these sections top to bottom that are like uh, questionable attitudes about women. One time he looked at one a weird way. One time he told one that she was hot. One time he told one to lose weight. And then in two thirds down, it's like, oh, also uh, his ex-wife says that he raped her. Yeah, that's oh, not the top. Called accusations and denial. Yeah. Do you want to? Okay. And then and then even that is weird because so this is an accusation from Ivana Trump, his wife, up until 1992. Uh, yep. But she has this quote of explanation. Do you want to? Do you have that handy, or else I can I can read it to, um, to here. I don't think I have it handy. I'm looking for it right now. But um, go ahead. I think I I got it in my notes here. Let me find it. Oh man, did I pay? Dang it! I thought oh, I, I, got I, it, I got pasted it. the same quote twice. Yeah, go for Ivanka it. Ivanka Trump said this during a deposition given to me in connection with my matrimonial case. I stated that my husband had raped me, the statement said. I refer to this as rape, but I do not want my words to be interpreted in a literal or criminal sense. So not rape is what she meant. She said rape, but what she meant was not rape. Got it. I, w I was joking before we started when I said she clearly meant like under the broad feminist definition of rape, the yeah. one in four definition yeah. of rape. That's the kind of rape. The non-criminal. He raped me, but let me be clear. This was distinctly non-criminal. Yeah. This was the like more subtle rape. Because um, English isn't my first language. I just misunderstood the definition of rape. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know how to interpret that quote in all seriousness. Because as funny as I may find a rape joke from time to time, um, I would like to know exactly what happened. And it's entirely unclear yeah. What happened? Oh, someone just said to me, I misspoke. Ivanka is his daughter. That is correct. It's Ivana that is yeah, his. Yeah, Ivana. Whoops, yep. sorry. Yeah, but there's nothing in here that's really sub. I mean, did you come across anything where you're like, that sounds like a really serious allegation that's substantive and needs to be investigated? N um, no, nothing in it really surprised me particularly. I will say the other thing that's that this article admits is 
that Donald Trump's record with women is one that is kind of a paradox. You have two sides of the coin, one that he has given women uh, unprecedented opportunity, especially at the time right. at which these opportunities occurred. And then the other side is, and he also, um, you know, thinks they're, he, he tells them if they're hot, if they're hot, and he tells them they're not, if they're not. The the one thing that bothers me about this, and this is, this is the sticking point that seems to come down to a lot of feminist critiques these days, because it, as we all know, it's not about uh, equal rights and things like that anymore. It's about all these like, um, you know, nebulous microaggressions and all of these things we can't really put our fingers on. But at the end of the day, sorry, feminists, uh, men want to bang hot chicks and <laughs> little known fact, lots of women want to bang hot guys too. And we're never going to have a society where that's not the case. And yeah. that doesn't mean that it's okay to just, you know, be aggressive with a person when he or she is clearly saying, look, I'm not into this, but right. that does not sound like it's what, what is happening. Like there's this one line in this article that's like, and then Trump said this as a man in the position of authority because he had more wealth than these women. It's like, well, you can't just call him a rapist because he was in a position of authority. I mean, and that means that every man that's wealthy that's associating himself with some younger woman is a rapist. That's insane. There's incentive on both in both sides of that, you know? Well, uh, I wish I could. I don't know. I wish maybe I should put on my contrarian cap here or my devil's advocacy cap and be like, we can't have a person who uh, thinks that some women are hot or, you know, whatever. <laughs> that is kind of the counter position. Um, the the yeah. thing that's interesting, though, because it's a lot of these you know, microaggressions, he said the wrong thing. He said something insensitive. But it should be noted that. A lot of this, the, what's interesting, too, is a good portion of the article is talking about his dad. Like, his dad right. appears to have been kind of a sexist guy. His dad in kind of a sexist time, by the way. But there was disagreement between Donald and Fred about the role of women. And so when Donald hired uh, a, a chief of construction who was female, his dad was, you know, it was, was like this... I can't believe you're doing that. That's a crazy role for a woman. And, and there's Donald saying, well, you know, uh, she does a great job. And... If she does a great job, I'm going to put her in a position to do great work for my company. Right, so, right. And in the comments, I think the number one rated user comment, at least earlier today, was somebody that um, a woman who had been given an opportunity at Trump Tower in construction by Donald Trump, and she was singing his praises. Uh, and that was the number one rated user comment. Not not New York Times. All their comments are always you know far left-leaning. But I think mm -hmm. there's something to be said that he's given women a lot of opportunity in their careers. Yeah, I, I do think that's fair. And it, I mean, it's I just don't know that it's a fair expectation to say, yes, you should put women in positions uh, of, of power and then also say, like, you should never part of having women in the workplace and in position of power is that level where they, you're, you're kind of on like a friendly joking basis with each other. Right. right? I'm sure, right. for example, over time, if we continue this show, you and I, you might call me a beta. I might make jokes at your expense. Now, is that sexism or is that just kind of two people becoming more comfortable with one another and, right. and developing a, a relationship where they can joke with one another? I think part of having women in those positions of equality is there are going to be comments that are clearly delivered in a joking context right. that you have to be willing to accept when mm -hmm. that's when you're in that, that workplace position. I, I, I don't know. Maybe... I, I'm sure someone will tell us why we're all wrong on this, but um, <laughs> no, I agree saying. with you. I mean, 
when you become friendly with somebody, it definitely um, people are not operating by all the formalities that they should in, in business. I mean, nothing that he said really offended me at all. Like if we had had interactions where he had said that those kinds of things to me, I don't think I would have internalized it so, and been like, oh, this sexist thing happened to me today. Is there so is there anything that Donald Trump, any allegation even, even if it's unsubstantiated, that he's ever done with women that you find to be questionable? Um like he called Rosie a fat pig. Is that Well, she is a fat pig. <laughs> yeah. She is. Well there's that. She's I mean, detestable. I don't know. The... I just can't stop like I, I just I'm on I'm on board with him because he's smashing the political correctness. And so I think that he just says what he's thinking all the time, irrespective of somebody's gender. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm not I don't get anything from him that, that he's sexist. I just think that generally he says what he's thinking to his detriment very frequently. <laughs> And, and and that's just the kind of person he is. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in agreement that the the one appeal, the number one appeal he has to me is is making the right head ex- heads explode. And, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I I I don't want the 1984 that a lot of the PC people seem to want. And you know, if that means that uh, some lady who works for Donald Trump who uh, gets told that she enjoys candy. <laughs> That that's that's the price I'm willing to pay for, yeah. Uh, people being yeah. able to say things without fear of unjustified repercussions. So yeah, definitely. I don't know. I I I hope. What's happened to me, man? I used to laugh in <laughs> Donald Trump's face. I used to be like, "Who's this joke of a candidate?" And I yet know, here I am. I know. Here I am, and then now we're just. I mean, what are we? We're we're, yeah, we're submissive to the Donald. So it's unbelievable. Like. I don't know, eight months ago, I was like, there is no way. There is no way. I cannot stand this guy. He's His buffoon factor is so high, and I don't like the fact that he's been married multiple times and there's been infidelity. But something about him, I just I just don't give a shit. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for the summer, the summer of protests, the summer of debates. Uh, if he indeed does win, I, I don't know. I'm just excited to watch all of it. I don't buy into the apocalypse great. theory. Like, well, as soon as he wins, he's going to nuke everyone and everything's going to go to hell. The president <laughs> yeah. doesn't have that much power. I mean, yeah, he doesn't. And he's a populist. He's, you know, he, he really is. He internalizes what people's opinions are of him. And I think he has a bit of a fragile ego, which normally would be a liability in the presidency, but it might, it might work in his favor. Obama doesn't give a shit because he's, you know, so self-involved. He doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. But I think Donald Trump, I think it would like really, really hurt him if he was hated by everybody in the United States after taking on a huge role like the presidency. He's kind of got a fragile ego. Oh, yeah, I, I think absolutely. I mean, anyone speaks ill of Donald and it's listen, listen, frankly, frankly, my ex thing is the best. OK, ask anyone the best. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> tremendous. You know, Tremendous. I mean, you can, you can put Tremendous. in whatever he has the same response to everything. Yeah. I, I am, I'm not convinced he's going to make um, a great president if he wins. Who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I'm not convinced he'd be better or worse than Hillary because they're not really that different on a lot of things. And one oh. thing is and one thing for sure. One thing is for sure. The country is going to be way more boring after Election Day if Hillary wins. There's going to be a lot of entertainment if Trump wins. But it seems like you took issue with my claim that they are kind of... I think they are pretty similar on a lot of the issues. And Hillary's just... Whatever. Anyway, if you take issue with that. Well, I think that Hillary... Okay, Trump has a high buffoon factor, that's true. But I don't think there's any malice in him. But I think that Hillary is malicious and 
calculating. And that's, that's really where I, I think that they're, you know, vastly different, but I do kind of understand where you're coming from, um, with the Trump thing, because this attitude that like, we need to have a revolution and we need to get someone in there big to take over, you know, what's been going on. That's what got Obama elected. So we have to be very careful about that. And I'm also a little apprehensive and concerned about that mentality. And and to be clear, I will absolutely grant that they are stylistically opposite. I think um, (laughs) on the the policy positions, I think there's a lot of similarity. However, I will note that in the chat there, there is a big difference on uh, approach to gun control. So I will grant that. Um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, someone brought up in the chat, this is something I want to talk about, um, this this, uh, Hillary defending a child rapist. Um, Did you hear that? that uh, blurb of her when she was talking, she was laughing about how when, when he passed the polygraph, she knew that polygraphs were ineffective methods to tell whether or not somebody was telling, telling the truth. It's really maniacal. Yeah, I, she sounds totally insane. I have no idea of what this is. It, I, it's one of those things where I squint a little bit in uh, skepticism because it sounds like <laughs> one of those sensationalized articles that's half true. But no, perhaps no. it's... She defended a child rapist when she was uh, really early on in her in her legal career, and she knew that he was guilty. He actually gang raped this twelve year old girl, um, and she was so damaged internally that she was infertile for the rest of her life. It was really traumatic. It was a horrific thing. And then uh, a few months ago, or maybe it was a few years ago, the audio of Hillary talking about how she got this guy off with time served um, surfaced, and she's laughing. She's saying, "I knew polygraphs were were you know." Were no good when I knew that he when I had heard that he had passed one, and so she knew that what? he was guilty, and she still got him off anyway because it was it was her duty. <laughs> All you know, I'm thinking of is is the obligatory terrible joke that is there. That is the first man in the history of the world <laughs> that Hillary has successfully got off. <laughs> but um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So I, I mean. I don't know. It seems like we kind of have covered what we can say about this this Trump hit piece. Um, I'm so this is New York Times editorial or what, what's the? I guess I, with these kind of things, I'm always curious. With these kind of opinion or agenda pieces, I'm always kind of curious about who wrote it and particularly the timing of it. Like yeah. to me, if this is supposed to be a thing that's like, these are the kind of things that are released to be influential on the campaign. I wonder why now because this seems like a pretty. Not a good time. Granted, I don't think this is going to be that persuasive anyway, but if you wanted to maximize its effectiveness, this is one of those things that's like September, October, May seems a little bit early, but. Two women and a man. Deborah Acosta, uh, Kitty Bennett, and Nicholas Casey, looks like, are the writers of this. Huh. Hmm. Oh, no. Never mind. It's Michael Barbero and Megan Tuhey. Interesting. Well, I don't think it's going to be very effective. I read the whole thing and I was like, well, that's not nearly the bombshell I thought it was going to be. And then you go, I think it's still there. Let me look really quick. But I was I was looking at news stories before the show here. Yeah. And it, well, it's related. So, of course, you go over to Huffington Post and it's like, bombshell reports of like, <laughs> sexism. He's the worst guy ever. I mean, do you? Yeah. My hatred for the Huffington Post now. And it's been even it's when I so still bad. hated. I don't know that I ever hated Trump. I just thought he was stupid but i never was like i never it's not like the sight of him enraged me to go smash cars like some people seem to be but i was just like this guy's an idiot i don't don't care um 
But the Huffington Post has been on this Trump hate bandwagon since last summer. And when they really lost me was last summer, they said, we're not covering Donald Trump's campaign in politics anymore. We're covering it in entertainment because that's what it is. Oh, well, now he's on the front page of your publication every single day. So good job with your editorialism and your journalistic integrity. And now you go there and it's Ryan's previous RNC chair says he doesn't uh, says, uh, Shrugs off reports of Trump's sexist behavior. Headline, people just don't care. Yeah, uh, sorry, Huffington Post. That's mostly true. Yeah. I know you mean that well, to be an I outrageous... Just said that. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. I don't know why. I just don't care. If, if uh, you people want to see it in the chat of what the front page of the Huffington Post looks like right now, that's what it is. Uh-oh, sorry. doggy going crazy. What kind of dog you got? I have a chihuahua, but I'm oh. watching my boyfriend's husky awesome. this weekend, too. Awesome. Caesar. Oh, so you have... All right. So there's a, a dog fight going on. Yeah. Caesar. And I'll tell you who'd win, the little one. Probably. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Gee. My dog's a, a big-time snorer, so I have to keep him out of the room while we're doing this, or else he'd lay on the bed back there. And I tried to put him in another room, sound like but a vacuum behind me. Oh, really? Uh, what kind of dog do you have? He's a French bulldog. Uh, so he's, I don't know. He's just, he, when he's sleeping, he's really loud and snorry, but he's also just yeah. very like grunty when he's awake. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm <laughs> friends and I talk about dog breeding all the time. Cause it's like, you think about natural selection and evolution and survival yeah. of the fittest. Well, the French bulldog is basically what happens if you reverse engineer that, if you breed a dog to have all the least desirable traits, the, <laughs> the least efficient traits for survival, like <laughs> yeah. he couldn't. I always joke with my parents about it too, because they have one and so much wilderness around here and stuff. And I would love to just see a pack of like a hundred of those things running <laughs> through an open meadow. But the fact of the matter is they wouldn't survive for 10, you know, 10 minutes. No, they'd be totally own. screwed. Don't they have to be impregnated through artificial insemination and then birthed through cesarean section? Almost always. Although my parents' yeah. dog was naturally birthed, which oh is really God. rare. And I saw the mom of that puppy and she's a, fr- like, she's a bigger French bulldog. Yeah. Females generally don't get up towards 30 pounds, but I'm sure she was. And she just has like the bulgiest eyes. Like, <laughs> like every inch of space inside of her was squeezed out through the birthing process that her oh. eyes are just permanently like kill me yeah that's what happens yeah during natural birth (laughs) yeah so um but that's awesome maybe uh probably not tonight because i whatever but sometime maybe we'll have a dog a dog stream or something but um so uh the second issue because we're about halfway through here uh plan is to do this for like an hour every sunday just so people are clued in on that that's kind of my uh, sometimes I like to listen to longer podcasts, but I really like about an hour podcast. An hour. That's it's kind of my thing. And I know that me personally, after like an hour to an hour and a half, I start to just sit here and like get pissed off and think like, when are we going to be done with this? So um, <laughs> not that's not a product of you. That's just me and my like stream and podcast history where dream grumpiness. I'm just like, all right, I'm done. Let's let's get over <laughs> with. Um, anyway, so that being kind of half the show's discussion. The other thing I wanted to talk about is this Facebook censorship. Um, And to be clear, well, I'll explain the story here. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it. There was kind of this bombshell report by Gizmodo this week that said that cited an anonymous former Facebook employee who said, yeah, look, I was on this editorial team. Uh, At least I haven't read this for a couple of days, so I might misspeak, but my memory of the story is I was on this editorial team. We were charged with kind of selecting, 
what goes in and out of this trending feed on Facebook, the one you see on the right hand of the page when you log in, uh, that shows you what the popular stories are generally. And then there's political section, sports section. It's kind of, I mean, given the traffic of uh, and size of Facebook, what Reddit calls itself like the front page of the internet, right? But to a large extent, this trending section is. I, just, I mean, for all of us degenerate millennials, that's yeah. a that's a news source. And the allegation is that this is not an uh, the, the stories selected for this are not through an algorithm. They're not organically developed by the actual activity of users. So it's not just the most uh, the most traffic stories. Uh, <laughs> take care of the dog. I'll explain it. So it's not just the most uh, traffic stories that are actually getting put into. Oh, there you go. You got the dog in your lap now? Sorry, he's going to bark the whole time. <laughs> uh, anyway, long story short, the allegation is there's there are people picking which stories are in and which are out. And these people are, are allegedly a group of millennial Ivy League educated uh, people who have a political bias and will frequently, when they see things like uh, a Breitbart article or you know uh, um, coverage of a, a conservative political candidate, they'll ax that. And then they will artificially insert... Uh, the allegation says a lot of social justice topics like Black Lives Matter uh, right. or other things that aren't trending organically but might be part of a preconceived agenda. And there's this story is still ongoing. There's been a leaked memo that you can find in The Guardian that gives the guidelines to this editorial team about how to uh, format everything and kind of the guidelines for selecting which stories are uh, okay and not and which one and and. Um, what else did it say in there? Basically just how you run that, how you run that section of the website, which, which sources are reputable, for example, don't, don't include stories from these sources. Um, and that memo to my knowledge, doesn't have any accusations of, it doesn't have like political guidelines on it, but the accusation from this anonymous source is that specific people, a whole bunch of people were specifically named, uh, that aren't to be included in this uh, in the Facebook trending stories mm-hmm. section. So, and then of course the other development is uh, Steven Crowder has filed this um, motion, f- this petition for information. A lot of people are mischaracterizing it as a lawsuit. It is not. It is a request for information from Facebook. He is of the belief, he and his attorney, that while they were simultaneously, while they were paying Facebook for uh, boost to their posts and boosts to their stories, Facebook was also suppressing um, their stories. So, that's really that's really what he's getting at. This isn't a lawsuit, but it's saying, "Look, uh, we've paid you for advertising. We've paid you for this. You've accepted our money." And then it appears there's an appearance of someone saying, "By the way," and Stephen Crowder specifically named by that anonymous source. Uh, so it appe- his suspicion is that they're taking his money and also pushing him down. I bet he's right. <laughs> it, it could be the case. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of people respond to this with, well, it's, pro- you know, Facebook is a corporation. They can select what they want and select what they don't want. That's fine. And we can't tell a corporation that they have to be completely objective or that we can't tell them how to run this section of their website. And I think that, I mean, most rational people would say, yes, of course. Um, however, I, I think that given the size of Facebook, and Facebook's mission, right. you can kind of argue that, I mean, they don't have to. Of course, they don't have to promote Steven Crowder if they don't want to. But it's wildly inconsistent with their mission. And it, we can argue that it's socially irresponsible given the role that they play in spreading information. But it's, I don't know if you had any thoughts on it. 
I mean, it's definitely socially irresponsible. And some people, I mean, some idiots, do get all of their news through through Facebook and, and forums like this. I mean, so they are going to affect things on a global scale. Um, and I think Steven Crowder has a really good point. If he's paying for advertising and they're suppressing, you know, his content, then um, then he might have a legal case there. But yeah. I actually didn't know that before you. Yeah, and that's all they're doing is just asking for information. So just to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, uh, but one of the th- so it didn't one surprise th- me though. I mean, I knew that Twitter had been doing this with this stop Islam um, trend or the hashtag they and and regressive left. Oh really? Y- yeah. Have you seen that? Ruben tweets about that all the time. Dave Ruben, where he'll try to tweet something and then hashtag regressive left, and it'll autofill with a misspelling that nobody uses. Hmm. There's all kinds of shadow banning, like trying to suppress trending hashtags yeah on the uh, stop islam day i would try to put it in and the only thing that would come up is stop islamophobia yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. great you guys no one can tell what you're doing you're, you're not totally transparent they act and, like we're such an unsophisticated base of users and if i if i was a facebook investor and i think this is where they are going to get in trouble um and Twitter's already seen its stock price plunge, uh, I think in part due to a lot of these practices. Facebook, yeah. if I was a Facebook investor, I would be just as worried. Um, you, of course, Definitely. you can you can promote like, uh, you can keep yourself in a thought bubble on Facebook if that's what you want, if that's what Facebook management sees fit, but you are going to alienate your consumers. You're gonna alienate people on the conservative side if, this, if these things are true. And you're gonna alienate people right. like me who just say, I, I don't care what the ideas are. I just want to know that I'm seeing what people are talking about. I don't want to right. live in this bubble right. where it's only Black Lives Matter allowed to be talking about. If Black Lives Matter is trending and that's what everyone's talking about, it, great. I don't want it either way. I don't want yeah. even the social justice shit that I hate. I can't stand any of those. Those topics are stupid by and large. But right. if that's what's trending, I want to see it. It alienates truth seekers for sure. Yeah that's going to be problematic. I mean, think about who's going to be left. It's only going to be social justice warriors and feminists that use Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) He'll regret it then. Well, it's, I mean, if you look at my uh, friend feed, that's basically what it is already. I hate to, yeah, no, I'm not going to get into it. I try to avoid talking, talking personal stories on here because of the inevitable, because all it takes is one person to find it and then it gets links to that it's uh, linked to that person and then all of a sudden everyone hates me um I'll, all i will say is there's like plenty of social justice crap i'll give it without explaining in detail the post that pissed me off really recently was someone a friend of mine a college friend of mine apparently lives you know with a roommate like everyone else roommate has boyfriend over roommate and boyfriend are in their room talking to each other they just gone to a comedy show and boyfriend repeated a joke from the comedy show, which used the N-word. And my friend went on Facebook and posted this rant about how hatred is not okay in her house and how this and that and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, she, she can't say it. It's like you, first off, you're policing a conversation you were not a party to. It was in a yeah. different room between yeah. different people. Yeah. Second off, you were clear. You posted in your post. It was from a comedy show. You you heard him reciting a joke from a comedy club that they just went to, and that's not in my house. No hate in my house. You sound like the worst roommate ever. Oh, that'd be terrible. Can oh. you imagine? 
just being afraid of saying totally innocuous things all the time or repeating something that somebody else said with no context to add of your own. God. The, 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 yeah. The amount of people in our generation, college educated, mind you, this is, and that's what's truly frightening. College educated people who think certain words, regardless of context, are always awful. Like they're, they're not yeah. to be said. They're, that's a dirty word. Yeah, and if, yeah. if, if, if said, we, I mean, I don't know. I didn't hear the conversation. By the way, neither should she have if it wasn't for the paper thin walls in the apartment they live in. I or know. Whatever. They weren't talking to you. Come on. I mean, I overhear people's conversation. I think like, mm, sounds like an idiot, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, so what? So what? Yeah. It, it, everyone has roommates and maybe they don't like their roommate's boyfriend or girlfriend. So what? We, yeah, we, get over it. And then this passive aggressive bullshit of I'm gonna go and I'm gonna post on the internet and that'll show him. It's like, he's never gonna read it. Nobody cares. Yeah. You don't It's just virtue signaling to all of her Facebook friends. Like, yeah. oh I hate the N word. Look what a good person I am. And, and the and I can't the idea of being aware that it was from a comedy routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he was quoting a he was quoting something, not coming up with something original on the spot. He was quoting something. <laughs> like, not only the context of comedy doesn't it justify its use. We, we, don't, uh, I don't know. I, I need to stop. I've already said too much. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I've said too much. The, I have a feeling that millennial shame is going to be a theme of this show going forward. <laughs> so yeah. there'll be plenty more. Uh, I'm pretty ashamed, but baby boomers are the worst generation. So that makes me oh, feel what? a little better. Why? Are, are you being facetious? No, I'm not. Like our parents' generation? I think we're way worse yeah. than they were. I mean, we're entitled and we don't have like the decorum, but there's a lot of ingenuity in our generation. And we got kind of handed the shaft. They're like, pay for all of our entitlements and uh, you'll never get any of your own. Here's this shitty economy and no jobs after college. Go figure it out and then take care of us when we're old. Also, by the way, there are tons of us. Tons of us. I mean, I would yeah. argue that those same problems plague our generation, plus the political correctness bullshit. That's, the that's political all. correctness thing started with feminism, though, and baby boomers. They brought But back in the day, feminists, well... Um, and what about all the professors know. in academia, liberal academia? They're all baby boomers. <sighs> all right, all right. You can make the case. I, I'm coming around, but I just... I don't know that I can get with that. We're better. I, I just don't see a lot of redeeming qualities about our generation at all. I'm at the point where I swear we need like mandatory military service or something. Like we need people to get a reality check. And and I will yeah. say this, blaming our parents' generation. I talk to my parents about it sometimes too. And I'm like, not that they, I, I obviously I don't think they did a bad job with me because I'm awesome. <laughs> but I say to their generation about their generation, this, you know, this is the product of, making sure no feelings ever get hurt, making sure everyone gets a participation ribbon, making sure everyone's the greatest, regardless of whether they've achieved something or not. Right. Um, I'm not for shaming children, but I am not for protecting them from the world either. And I think a lot of what we see in our generation is from our parents' generation being overprotective of us from the realities of, of real life. And Yeah, it's caused a lot of problems. They should have, you know... They should have brought some shame to the game. What's wrong with shame? Why is everybody so worried about being shamed? Shame is a normal part of life. People should be shamed for bad behavior. Rapists should be shamed socially. So should murderers. Shame is a good thing. For the most part. It's got its downfalls. 
Yeah, I mean, yes, I I would agree to someone who has committed something aggressive against society. Like if you've raped, like Jerry Sandusky should be shamed, right? It's the second, yeah. what the hell's with me and Jerry Sandusky? This is the second show in a row I've referenced <laughs> Jerry Sandusky. That's right, you did last time, but, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know, he's just he's easy pickets, I guess. But, but what, what about, about more like subtle social shame? Yeah, like for example, or fat shaming. I mean, you think about fat, it does yeah. exist. I mean, there are people that are, just awful to overweight people for someone okay for example someone like Triglypuff who goes into a public forum and wants to shut everyone down and has committed an offense against everyone there she needs to be shamed yes more I mean that to me makes a lot more sense than let's let's consider the other side of the coin if Triglypuff just showed up and thought right "Hmm, this looks like an interesting exchange of ideas I think I will listen and decide for myself who is correct and then everyone was like look at that fat piece of crap in the audience that would be awful so I'm not sure you're willing to go that far are you no, I mean, I'm not. I don't want people to like. I'm not going to go up to like a fat person in the street and be like, "You need to get your shit together." Like, nothing like that is ever going to happen. But like, this this mentality that we need to accept people no matter who or what they are, or no matter what their life choices are, is extremely detrimental. You know, I mean, I think that there still needs to be like a shadow of shame cast on like morbid obesity and things like that. It's not just okay to yeah. be whoever you are, no matter what. That's not okay. Try to be better. Always try oh, to be better. Oh, I agree with you for sure that that, that is the downside of uh, the philosophy that we were taught. That when yeah. you're taught that you're perfect just the way you are, the desire to improve is hampered. Absolutely. I, I, I'm fully yeah. on board with that. I had a thought, but then it got lost. It's probably stupid anyway. Maybe but it's it, not productive for like, you know, it's not productive to like people to publicly shame somebody that's that's morbidly obese that's not going to help them lose weight you know um but it is the mentality that everybody's equal that everybody's okay that's caused this oh yeah and that that just prompted what i was thinking in my head too so obviously uh, you know as as in my current life as a disaffected liberal the, (laughs) the, the 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 thing that i have always wanted is legal equality right i want uh, if if you want to marry, if you're a guy who wants to marry a guy, I think you should be able to do that in the same way I can marry who I want, and we'll all be fine. If you're trans, you shouldn't have legal penalties for being tra- that kind of stuff. But now it's far beyond that. It's it's not just mm-hmm. you will be equal before the law. Now it's like right. you will be equal in everyone's opinion too. And if if someone doesn't like you, that person's going to be like hunted down, and we're going to shame right. them. It, there's right. plenty. I, I, the example I always use is rollerbladers. Like, I've seen a resurgence of rollerblading. Rollerblading Have sucks. You? Don't rollerblade, kids. Get on skateboards <laughs> or just don't. But anyway, when the rollerblading people rollerblade down the street, I don't want them. I, of course, I want them to be able to have all the legal rights that society affords us, even <laughs> though they rollerblade. But I am. But I am not gonna. If they come to my house and be like, "We rollerblade," and you better be okay with it, I'm gonna be like. Fuck right off. Rollerblading sucks. Now get out of here. Now that's the... uh, People might find that distasteful. But if you want to sit in your own house and think that transgenderism or or homosexuality or any of these things are not for you and you think they're wrong or you think they're bad or you don't want that as a part of your life, absolutely. That's your prerogative, yeah. I just don't think you should be able to judgments give them second class legal status but that's the problem is now that we've achieved a lot of these things you gotta there's there's nothing left to fight for there's nothing left to 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 rally your social justice 
bullshit for. So you got to yeah, go that's after why they're crap. inventing issues like the wage gap and like rape culture, things that like verifiably do not exist, but have become like this transgender bathrooms thing. When has this ever caused a problem before? Oh, man. Literally, never. Okay, ever. so this has never caused a problem. We got about a little under fifteen minutes left to go. I, I this I put this in the notes as a potential issue to discuss, but I I worry about it because we're going to get into the. I don't know. We're going to open up a can of worms or something. Um, I'll go down this road if you want to go down this road. But I'm giving okay. you an option. Okay. Right. I hate every side of this issue. I hate them all. I do not care who pees next to me. I am not. I don't buy the fear that men are going to put on dresses and rape women or girls in the bathroom. But I also don't think that that someone should. It's not the worst thing in the world if a trans person has to pee in the men's room either. Just yeah. go pee. Just yeah. take a shit. Whatever you have to do. It's just, why? But the why? reason that this pisses you off is because you're honing in on that it is a non-issue. That's why you hate all sides of it. Because yes. this is not a problem that needs to be solved. I don't know why this is where our focus is. No one gives a shit. This is not a problem. And that's something that Donald Trump said about this. And I was like, all right, Donald Trump, that's pretty good. He's like, why is this a problem? Ah. Not an issue. Nobody cares about this. And I was like, yeah. See, I predicted you might be on the other side of it, but I was wrong. I thought you might be more on the, like, Ted Cruz side of things. I mean, I just don't give a shit. And I don't really think this is where anybody needs to be focusing their energies. I'm like, uh, transgender's bad. This is not going to ever affect me at all. Ever. So I just so don't you, really. So you're not it. you're not worried about the the man in the dress boogeyman who's going <laughs> to trap you in a stall and and have his I mean, way with you. I, when I heard that, I was like, "That's feasible," but like raping somebody in a public bathroom is kind of a stupid plan to begin with. Like that's not where most rapes are committed, and I don't think that that, well, that this is going to increase the likelihood of people getting raped in bathrooms very much. I mean, I suppose it's possible, you know, but like that just didn't seem like I don't know. This is just a non-issue. To your I point. Don't, apparently this is going to be a theme of the show. My guy, Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> My go-to man. But think about it. Jerry Sandusky. What is it? 48 counts of sexual misconduct with children. Yeah. Uh, I think all of them, or most of them, maybe I'm wrong, at least a good portion of them were boys. Okay? This, these are things that did take place in public rest. Jerry Sandusky is a guy who raped kids in a bathroom. However, they were boys. The the famous yeah. one in the shower was a boy. I mean, that's something that can happen right now. And so the question is, right. do we have all these weird rules about who enters what bathroom? Or do we just, look, when that shit happens, we're going to prosecute it. And if you're Jerry Sandusky, you're going to go to jail forever. Forever. Yeah. yeah. And this and, issue wouldn't have complicated his situation at all either. No. It wouldn't and, have and, mattered. Yeah. And to me, that's like the the most, when I think of... Well, who's been raped like in a bathroom? I mean, admittedly, I haven't spent my time. I haven't like done a thorough Google search on bathroom rapes. But to me, this is the most high profile famous case. And transgender bathroom regulation would have done nothing Nothing. to stop what happened here. Nothing. Somebody just said, what's stopping anyone going into the wrong bathroom anyway? Well, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. What's just stopping them from just going into a bathroom and raping somebody? I don't think he's going to see the sign and be like, oh, I guess I can't go in there now to commit a felony, which was what I was going right. to do. Well, and now the only thing <laughs> is, if you do that in North Carolina or where else, you're going to be like, uh, yeah, you're, you have a very, your lawyer is going to say you have a very serious felony rape charge. And then also, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you know, they're tacking on a misdemeanor, like going into the wrong bathroom. But, you know, yeah. what's the penalty? So you're going to go to jail for 15 years or whatever, plus uh, there's a $100 fine. Yeah. So pay up. 
But I do kind of, my instinct is to rage against this, though, because I'm sick of this fighting for transgender, you know, inclusion. I'm just hmm. sick of all of this, this non-issue. I'm like, why? I am looking around me all the time at people doing whatever they want in their personal lives at all times. Did I tell you that two weeks ago I was driving to work and I saw this homeless guy standing up getting blown by another homeless guy on like <laughs> Broadway and it was like 9 a.m. This guy's just blowing this other you, dude. You didn't record it? You didn't no, Snapchat I was it? Dri- I was driving by. <laughs> oh, it's very responsible. Like, oh my God. I, I couldn't Tool. believe it. But it's, you know it's shameless and the police aren't doing anything about the homeless problem here or whatever. It's like people are just doing whatever they want all the time. It's not like, you know, people are being discriminated against left, right and sideways for whatever stupid life choice they're making. That's not what's happening in the world, at least here. I spent a good amount of my life in the, uh, the old P and uh, the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> not once. And, and Portland's um, homeless problem is, is also fairly it's serious bad. as I understand. I ain't never seen that. Not are you serious? Ever. I've, I've never seen, no, I've not seen two bums blowing each other. Never. That is, I, don't, I have definitely seen crazier no. stuff than that, like Los what? Angeles. Have what? you seen people shooting up and stuff like that? Um. Well, you got to remember, I lived in uh, the like the swanky Portland neighborhood. Uh, well, also where, as we discussed last week, where black people get beaten up all the time. But other than that, it's very safe. <laughs> yeah. Really. Um, <laughs> So, no, I mean, uh, homeless people, yes. Uh, and I'm sure, well, back in my day, the homeless people had the courtesy to do these things behind the scenes, you know? In and an alley was, where they belong. Right, right. This wasn't out in the open. Yeah. Um, but you, but you, I think I think public, public fellatio, I would put crazier <laughs> than shooting up. I don't know how you order these things. But. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I would rather see somebody shooting up or having sex with somebody else than see somebody taking a shit, which I've also seen in several cities. I mean, well, it depends where, I guess. Like, if they're in a... I mean, they gotta... Well... But also, it's not... Why don't they just go in the bathroom? What bathroom? Why, why didn't everyone just go in the bathroom? There's public bathrooms all over downtown Seattle. Uh, are there? Well, I mean, I guess you can't... I guess if you're a really grungy hobo, maybe you can't just walk into the grocery store and go into the bathroom or something. Yeah. But. And they're everywhere. They're like, they are building a tent town on the campus of UW. On the campus of UW. Hmm. And, okay. Is this, uh, is this like student initiative at all? Or is this is just a bum takeover? I don't know. Uh, I think that it's sanctioned by the school, but I don't think it's student initiative. But, it, you know, it's got to be a higher crime population. It blows my mind that they're going to put this on a, on a college campus. Why would they do that? Um, I don't know. That's why I was curious. I mean, I, I would guess there's probably some kind of uh, social justice angle. Is, is So is there a problem in... I mean, it seems like Seattle being a, this kind of place that would uh, be very politically inclined to help these kinds of people. Is, there, is it just that homeless shelters don't exist or are overcrowded? Or what's the reason that they... There's tons of social services. But because there are such good social services here, they also no longer... There was a Frontline episode about this, but they no longer prosecute people for heroin use. So it's created a tremendous incentive for nearby bums to come here because they can use heroin basically out in the open. I see people... I seriously see people shooting up all the time. Hmm. Um, They can use it out in the open with no repercussion legally, um, and then they'll get pretty good services, social services. 
So, and then all of those social services, because, you know, everybody here is an idiot liberal. They're like, oh, these, these have to be in the business center downtown. So, like, all the community centers, the free psychiatric clinic, it's, like, all next to my high-rise office building. I'm like, oh, my God, move these to any other part of town. Any other part of town. I can't be seen with this. I know. (laughs) It's not fair. I mean, like, I I pay a lot of money in taxes. I shouldn't have to, like, you know, have 20 (laughs) people asking me for money on the way to work and then see some dude getting his dick sucked and then another person shooting up. It's like, what about my right to not see this crap on my way to my crappy job every day? We're going to build them a shelter and we're going to make them pay for it once Donald Trump's president. We're going to take care of this garbage. (laughs) No longer an issue once America's great again, let me tell you. We'll be done with all this crap. We're on board. We can't can't even make fun of him, man. We're going to vote for him. I mean, I reserve – well, I've been checking my mail because uh, I vote absentee by mail. I just vote by mail because – who the hell goes to a polling place anymore? I know. But, I mean, another thing about all this, like, uh, voting restrictions and long lines and all this stuff, for the love of God, can't we get a system where you vote on the Internet if you want to? Oh, I understand not God. everyone has Internet, but can't – there's got to be a way we can do it and have it secure and have it vetted so that it's not fraudulent and all that stuff. Right. Why is anyone standing in a line to vote? The, the social justice – it's 2016. It is 2016. we yeah. got to get rid of this crap. Anyway – I vote by mail, which is the next best thing. I've been checking my mailbox daily because I'm still going to vote Trump in the Montana primary. That's coming up uh, June 7th. However, I reserve the right to not vote for him in the general. So uh, something might change. I might abstain. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's your prerogative, too. I th- I think uh, part of that is just I want to hang on to, like, please, I don't want to have a complete transformation to just, like, a Trump buffoon. And there's, like, the, the, the me of a year ago is just, like, the, I can't. No, this can't be. This can't be the case. That can't. Oh, it's already happened. You're there. I know. It's, it's I know. done. Transformation complete. Every protest I watch. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's not even Hillary or Bernie's fault or like Trump's achievement. I know it's not the best reason, but you look at the, these protesters and the triggly puffs of the world and stuff, and you're like, I'm supposed to vote for the America you want. No, can't do it. We'll try something else. I, yeah. I know that's not a great reason. <laughs> Don't hate that me. That is a great reason. Don't yeah, hate me, gotta... fellow liberals, but, you know. Uh, let's, let's, uh, your dog is peeking up. I want to see this dog. What's his or her name? Caesar. So, I, sorry, what's his, what's his or her preferred pronoun? How about oh, that? oh, yeah. Are you yeah. a Zed? What do they say? Uh, what what yeah, are like all the pronouns? G or Z or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it doesn't I, have any testicles, so how does that change things? Ah, yeah. There's a term for that, right? Back in the day, there were castrated the male eunuch. humans. Yeah, eunuchs. So he's a eunuch, a Chihuahua unit, eunuch. Hear yeah. that? He doesn't look too happy about that. <laughs> My dog has a heart murmur, so he's still intact. Oh, poor little guy. Yeah. The little freak show dogs. After this, no more small dogs, I think. Oh, this is the first small dog I've had, and I, I actually. I like that. He's very transportable. I can pick him up, move him around. Yeah. Uh, I had a St. Bernard growing up and that was a lot of fun, oh, but um, I can't handle that in my current life. <laughs> Too much dog. Anyway, as much as I'd like to say in chat, dog balls. Um, <laughs> we're ending on dog balls. Yeah, we're right about there. So unless you got other issues you'd like to discuss, I think that was a good, uh, a good stream, a good inaugural a good episode. Thanks, everyone, in the live chat for keeping this alive. 
yeah hope everybody enjoyed it live hope you'll come continue to watch it live sundays at uh, 9 eastern that's going to be the plan may change i'll let you know if it does audio is currently on uh what is it podbean soundcloud you can find those links in the description itunes should be in the next week or so i'll make it happen get in touch with me if the show is not on a platform that you would like to see it on and i will do the best to make it happen so thanks everybody we'll be back next sunday 9 eastern yep we have been beauty in the beta have a great night see you guys next week